Scripture says that where two or more gathered, I'm there in their midst. So we qualify. Right? So God is here, but there is a is a knowing every single one of you who have asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life carries the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So when you go anywhere, you carry the presence of God with you. So the presence of God is here, but there is a next step or a awareness and a developing of knowing that he's there and then partnering with what he's doing in the room. Does that make sense? So knowing that he's there, it's kind of like... kind of like in baseball when you have the base coach so you know that the base coach is there but you have to watch the base coach and you got to pay attention to the base coach to know whether he's calling you in or whether he's telling you to woe up and you have to pay attention to what's going on and you got to keep your focus on the base coach right so this morning i feel like the base coach is saying come on Come, come on, come on. So, we're just going to partner with what God's doing in the room. We know he's here. So let's just partner with what he's doing in the room. And to do that, we just stay right where we're at. And we put our whole focus on Holy Spirit. And for some of you, that might help. It does for me to put my hands right here because... Holy Spirit lives and dwells in our inner man. So I just put my hands right here. And let's just be still for a moment. You may need to close your eyes if you want to sit down. Whatever God is prompting you to do. Some of you are going to see like a little movie in your head. And that's called a vision. (laughs) And that's the Holy Spirit giving you a vision. And if you see yourself kneeling if you see in your little movie if you see yourself coming to the front and kneeling then do that thing whatever it is that you are seeing for some of you that's how god communicates be obedient to do that thing listen feel smell There's someone with a pain. There's something going on in your left hip, uh, whether it's bursitis or an issue of arthritis in the left hip. Is that person in here? If that's you, raise your hand really high. Okay, look around really high so that people can see your hand. There's here and two back here. If you would, look around and see if somebody around you, keep your hands up. If somebody around you has their hand up, please move to that person right now. If you're standing close to them, there's hand back there, right here. And I'm going to ask that person with that has their hand up, if you would, put your hand on your hip right now. <laughs> and the rest of you, I want you to right now say, Father, use me as a vessel of heaven. I am filled with the Holy Spirit and power flows through me. And then put your hands on that person. Just let heaven flow through you. It's not anything that you're doing. You're just you're just the vessel. 
So, Father, we release that in Jesus' name. So, for those of you that are being prayed for, just receive in Jesus' name. Is there somebody that is having, you're having uh, dizzy spells? Like, I don't know if it's when you stand up you get dizzy, but it's just like a dizzy, a dizziness that is affecting your uh, daily function. Is that, is there anybody here that has that? I'm feeling like it has something to do with blood pressure. Is there anybody with that? Right, right here. If you're right here, can you please, and right there in the middle, stick your hand up really high so that people can see you right here right here those of you that are praying for a hip keep praying for a hip and there's a hand in the very back very back yes somebody move right she's just to the left of the doors from my side if you would move toward her is there anybody else right here do you have somebody with you to pray yeah all right so is there anybody back there in the back i think we're okay all right so if you're around that person, just go ahead and move toward them right now. If those of you that are praying for hips, keep praying for hips. So move toward that person that, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you that we are your vessels and we're the vessel of heaven. And all healing, all wellness, and all fullness and restoration flows through us because we are filled with your spirit. Just release that to them. You're just the vessel. Thank you, Father. And if God gives you a, a vision or shows you something while you're praying for them that is encouraging, that's edifying, then that builds them up, go ahead and speak that to them. Thank you, Father. Keep praying. Those of you who had your hips prayed for, if you notice and felt, you know that something happened, stick your hand up really high and wave your hand. If you know that God did something for you while your hip is being prayed for. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, those of you that we were praying for that were feeling a dizziness, how about you? How are you feeling? Better? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God. We declare that you are on the throne and you are God. We love you, God. We love you and we honor you. We say that you are our God and that we serve you. We serve no other gods and we honor no other name above your name and every name that is named must bow to the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, God, that you are always faithful, that you are always good, and that you are always near. We thank you, God, that everything that you have set into motion and that you have designed will be completed and it will not fall short. And there is no enemy that is stronger than your word and your design in Jesus' name. 
God, we partner with what you are doing in the room, and we partner with what you are doing in us. And we surrender ourselves to you, and we are the vessel. Thank you, God, for filling us with your spirit. Thank you for what you give to us and who you are, that you are a father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. just go home, Lace. (laughs) Glory, man. Can we just let our worship team know how much we appreciate them? Man. You know, well, I'm not going to, yeah, I will. We're going to talk about this a little bit this morning, but when we started we had a green boom box that I got as a graduation gift. There, like, there's people in here that don't even know what a boom box is. Bless your heart. <laughs> but that was our music. Like, we didn't have worship. We played, we played cassette tapes. That is how long we've been around. <laughs> We've been around since cassette tape days, yeah. Oh, my. Well, my name is Lynette, and if I've not had the opportunity to meet you, I'm a hugger, or squeeze you, then just stick around, because it'll happen. So, anyway. uh, This morning, I wanted to uh, follow along. I felt like... We'll follow along in the footsteps of the way that we're going in the uh, devotional that we're doing. And uh, and I just want to say that as I'm doing the devotional, I'm realizing numbers, like day numbers, would have been really helpful in there. I should have done that. <laughs> Kirstie and I are like, yeah. So anyway, um, I want to ask you... How many of you, how many of you have ever seen the show Shark Tank or know about the show Shark Tank? Yeah. There's some stuff and some terms that they say on there that I don't understand, but, uh, I love the show because I'm always, I'm always intrigued by people's creativity and the things that they come up with and the, uh, products and ideas that people come up with. So I'm going to start with a little something here in the, if you're doing the devotional, uh, in the very beginning of the devotional, we wrote a, a definition for the word pioneer. And it is, uh, what we wrote is one 
who sees potential in the unknown to find possibility beyond boundaries, an innovator, a forerunner, a visionary, and one who isn't afraid to dream. So I want to do something. How many of you in here are business owners from the past? You did own a business or you currently own a business right now of any kind, whether it operates out of your home or in an office, if you would, please stand. I want to show you guys something here. Look around. How many of you are have an idea or a plan and are waiting to launch a business? Please stand. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Go ahead and have a seat. And I want to ask this. How many artists, musicians, and authors do we have in the room? Would you please stand? Artists, musicians, and authors. Look at that. Take a look at that, all of the creativity that is in this room. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so if you've been in our church for very long, the term pioneer comes up quite often. And when you are reading your Bible, especially if you, I don't know if anybody in here actually reads the King James translation of the Bible. I don't. No, I do. <laughs> I do for study because I don't talk like that, so it's difficult for me to understand. But if you are to look in the King James translation of the Bible, you're not going to find the word pioneer. But what you will find is another term that is very closely related. And so I want you to have what I want to bring this morning is an understanding of the term pioneer and why we are the way that we are and who we are and who you are because of who we are, but who we are because of who you are. All right. So, uh, the term pioneer is not, you won't find that in the King James. You will find it in the passion translation, but it's because it's been brought out through a definition of, uh, the word that has been used in the scripture, but you will find the word apostle. And so I want to read to you out of Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11, and this is out of the Passion. It says this, And he, Jesus, has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, some with grace to be pastors, some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry and as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Now, what you read here, this in uh, is commonly in church circles as what is referred to as the fivefold ministry. Those five uh, specific offices that were listed out there. 
And those five specific offices are appointed by God to fulfill that particular function within the body. Um, I do want to throw out there just a little personal thing of my own is that it used to be where it was thought that if you were one of those five-fold ministries that you were to kind of, I don't know, I think there was a connotation of being elevated above everybody else, where actually what it is is in, in that, that looked like this, like the fivefold was up here and all of the rest of the peasant people were down here. <clears throat> when in actuality, the way that the kingdom of God functions is that it is like this. And when the fivefold is serving the body the way that it is intended to be, then the body grows like this. And there's, there's more than enough for everyone. So the fivefold has been placed as to what it says here is that their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. So look at the person sitting next to you and say, yeah, do it. (laughs) So the word apostle in the scripture is the Greek word apostolos, and it is a delegate, a delegate, specifically an ambassador of the gospel. But it's an interesting thing when going back, because our father in the ministry is, uh, his name is Glenn Smith, and he was the apostle of cowboy ministry. There were no cowboy churches. There were no uh, services at rodeos for cowboy uh, church services. There was no prayer behind the shoots. Glenn Smith back in the early 1970s was the very first one to go and do that. God called him and, uh, he had a, well, he had a dream and in this dream, God communicated with him and he really wasn't sure what the dream meant, but he knew it had a huge impact on him. And I'll get back to that later. But in the early 70s, Glenn began to pioneer or apostle cowboy ministry. And because he is my spiritual father, I took a very deep interest in the word apostle, in the term apostle. And what was always said to me was, well, it's a person who starts stuff. That, I didn't buy that. (laughs) I felt like that was a very shallow, uh, very surface a definition of that. And so I've been a continual pursuer of defining and understanding the term apostle because it is a part of my spiritual lineage and it is a part of my inheritance. So the word apostolos actually dates back to pre-church days. The word apostolos is a Greek word that was used to describe it was a um, naval term and it described the admiral the admiral of a fleet of ships that led a group of people that in that group and on those ships were everything that was needed to go to an unsettled territory to settle that territory and to begin a new society They had people who were artisans. They had people who were builders. They had people who were educators. They took an entire culture with them and they would go somewhere and establish a new society, one that had not existed before. 
The word apostolos became closely associated with travel. And in those days, the word apostolos, because it was so closely established with travel, it also became known as a passport. The word apostolos was synonymous with the word passport. And if a person were going to travel back then, and they had to have papers that would allow them free exit from a particular territory or region and free entrance into another area or region that was called their apostolos. And they would use their apostolos to travel back and forth and to go from one area to another and to carry with them from this area into the other area, whatever they learned and what they had gained in this particular area to the other area. That's very interesting when you apply that term to the word apostle that we now know in the church because the apostle appointed by God in the church travels from the earthly realm into the heavenly realm spiritually to gain wisdom, understanding, and knowledge and then bring it and impart that to the people that have been given to them to impart and to teach. So it was also known as a passport. And then lastly, the term apostolos was also known as an ambassador. The apostolos would be sent by the king or the ruler of a particular nation. And when they traveled, they were known to have the same authority as the one who sent them. That if the apostolos spoke a word, it was the same as the king that had sent them speaking that word. If the apostolos made a decision or took a particular action, it was the same as the king who had sent them speaking that, doing that, or taking that action. That apostolos carried the very same authority and power as the one who had sent them. So it's very interesting to note Rick Renner, a wonderful Bible scholar and teacher, says this. It is very important for us to understand this truth and its powerful implications. You see, when a genuine apostle ministers, they are authorized by heaven not only to lead into new spiritual realities, but also to help mobilize people into position to fulfill their unique function in the body of Christ. That is a very unique mark of an apostolic culture. This is something, like I said, I spend a lot of time studying and and just learning. And the more I learn, the more I learn that I have to learn. So I by no means am am an expert at this. But I've been in a lot of different church cultures. Before we started the church, we traveled. And I have the honor of getting to go and to be in other church Uh, communities now, and it is a very interesting thing to me to go into other church communities that are, I'll say it this way, an apostolic community is a community of people that are given, not only given, but expected to take what God has given to them and run with it. You don't find that everywhere. The more, the more I visit other places, the more I find you don't find that everywhere. Um, sometimes, and some of you may uh, have been in this, that uh, sometimes church can seem to be established as a means of control and uh, as a means of what not to do. 
An apostolic community is a community of people, a church of people that is established to say, now you go and do. You fulfill the ministry that God has placed on the inside of you. Let me say this. No one in this room is without ministry on the inside of you. Your place of ministry may not be to stand up here. Your place of ministry, you have been strategically positioned by God to fulfill the ministry that God placed on the inside of you. And no one in here is without ministry on the inside of you. Everyone in here has ministry in you. Ministry, a minister, uh, you know, uh, defining the word minister from the scripture is simply a servant. That's what the, the foundation, that's what a minister is, is it's a servant. So that really helps us to understand the proper position of the fivefold ministry. Do we honor? Yes, we honor. But it's not to say that God favors them over anybody else. Does that make sense? Does that make, do you understand? Okay. <clears throat> so if this is your church and this is your church family, this is your history. This is your inheritance. And some of you may have heard this before, but there's so many new people who have come into the family and new faces that we wanted to take just a little bit of an opportunity to share a little bit of where we've come from. And it's going to play into where we're going today. But uh, Glenn and Ann Smith of Western World Outreach Center and Rodeo Cowboy Ministries ordained Darren and I in, I don't even, in 1999. And sent us out to do ministry. And we got ordained in Lubbock, Texas at the Cowboy Church at the Sale Barn in Lubbock, Texas. And Glenn ordained us and Crystal was there to pray over us and a few of our other ministry friends. But uh, we had been serving in ministry for several years before that. Darren was serving another minister before we got married and I was serving in ministry before we got married. And then when we met one another, we got married and served in the ministry. That's what we knew to do. So we were ordained by Glenn and Ann and uh, we traveled after we served ministries for a time. Uh, God called us to step out and to begin to travel and go to other churches and minister. And I remember thinking, nobody knows us. How are we going to go anywhere and minister? Nobody knows us. And God specifically put it on our heart that we were not to call a pastor and say, hey, the typical phone call that we get is, yeah, I'm going to be in your area and I'm doing a route and I've got a string of ministry dates set up. You have no idea how many calls that we get. And here's what our spiritual father would say to people when they would call him is he would say, yeah, I know that you're going to be in the area. How much will you charge me to stay away? No joke. He was like, stay out of my business. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was uh, quite well known for being, uh, very straightforward. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we had determined that we're not going to call anyone and say, hey, I don't know if you've heard about us, but we have nowhere to go. Do you want us to come preach at your church? <laughs> so we determined that if God wanted us to go somewhere, that he would make the phone ring. And he did. For two years, he made the phone ring. And 
we were on the road traveling. We traveled to uh, churches in Texas, Oklahoma, and Colorado, and uh, Wyoming. And gosh, we just loved it. It was just the two of us and our two dogs. We gave everything away that we had that was of any value that anybody would want. And anything that we had, our clothes, all of our belongings were in Rubbermaid plastic tubs in the back of Darren's Dodge pickup. <laughs> no joke, because I remember we went to a conference that some friends of ours had paid for us to go to this conference. It was at a pretty swanky hotel. And everybody, you know, the bellman would come and get your luggage and stuff. We had a Rubbermaid container. <laughs> So anyway, we traveled and we absolutely loved traveling and anywhere we got a phone call to go, that's where we would go. And if we went somewhere and we didn't get any money there, we'd get a pat on the back and a handshake. We would just trust God to get us where we needed to go. You know, if we needed fuel in the tank to get to the next place, then we trusted God to provide for us. And God did over and over and over again. It was just the two of us and all we needed was enough money to eat and to get fuel in the truck to go from one place to the next. That was back when diesel was 98 cents a gallon, y'all. Cassette tapes and diesel, 98 cents. We're dating ourselves right there, right? So anyway, we just loved it. And we met so many great people and made so many great relationships with people that we still have to this day. And God was so faithful. And through that, we learned to trust him. And that was so important for where we are now because I had to trust God literally for 98 cent diesel. And now... That taught me to trust God for what we're building and what people are doing out of this church today. So I'm very, very thankful for that season. Like I said, we didn't, uh, we didn't know what we were doing. And after traveling for a couple of years, uh, we went to a church in Colorado Springs to minister and, uh, we were there and the phone stopped ringing. So, We didn't know what else to do. All we knew to do was to serve. So there was a church that was there. We began to serve in that church. And uh, through that, eventually led to us coming up here and planting Northern Colorado Cowboy Church back in May of 2000. And this is something that I want to point out because when we started this church, we started it because of a mandate from God. And at the time, actually, there was a choice, and we were offered to come to Tucson, Arizona, to uh, pastor a church that was already up and going, that had been started by a spiritual mentor of mine that I loved very, very much. And we had a place to live. We had a ready-made congregation. We had everything provided for us there, or we could come here with nothing. (laughs) And we prayed And we were given the advice to go to a people, not a place. And so as we prayed about that, God put a people in our heart. And it was people that we had not met, that we didn't know. But God put the people of northern Colorado in our heart. And we came here with the promise of nothing. We were not backed by a denomination. We are a non-denominational church. We are not supported by a, uh, I don't know, a big organization. This is our organization. (laughs) 
So we didn't have funding. We didn't have a backing, but we did have spiritual covering. Our spiritual father covered us and sent us when we came here. So I say that to say this, this church, here's, here's, here's how we didn't start this church. We didn't start this church because we thought we could do it better. We didn't start this church because we were in disagreement or we, we split from somebody else. And we didn't start this church to pull people out of another church. We started this church because God put a people in our heart that we loved and God put, (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. It's like when you have a baby, you've never seen the baby before, but when it's born, you just love it. Raisin and slimy looking and all, you just love it. And that's what God did for us here is we loved the people before we ever saw them. And all I can say is that it was a mandate that God sent us here to love people. And we came here for people who didn't fit into the clean lines of the traditional denominational church. (laughs) Amen, brother. (laughs) So that's what God sent us here for. And... In our time of being pastors, to be totally honest, I never wanted to be a pastor. The P words, most of you have heard me say this. The P word was like a cuss word. Don't even say that word to me because I am not that. Because I had in my mind what I had seen other pastors' wives be, and I don't sing. And every pastor's wife has to play the organ and sing, and I do neither. <laughs> So I thought I am not cut out for that. But again, God was placing us in a region where we were looking for those people and sent for those people that didn't fit the mold. And we started uh, put by putting up flyers in the bathroom at the bar. And because Darren said, you got to look at something. Men have to look at something. I learned, I learned men bathroom etiquette when we started our church because I learned men going to the bathroom do not look side to side etiquette is you look straight forward (laughs) I learned that so we put up flyers (laughs) in the men's bathroom while we have their attention (laughs) so that is how our church started so this morning With that, I want to share a few things with you that I've learned along the way, things I'm still learning, but there are things that I have learned that is important for me to be intentional about. And the reason that I want to share this with you is that my hope is for all of you who stood and for all of you who didn't stand. That if you're listening this morning and you're saying, well, I don't know if I have pioneering in me. I don't know if I have apostolos in me. As I go through this list, I think you're going to find that you have more of it than you realize. And that God has placed something on the inside of you. And that you are planted in this community and in this family for a very strategic purpose. That you're not here by chance. This is the thing is people will say to us all the time, we're so glad that we found you guys. Well, the secret is we found you. 
because we've been here waiting for you. We've been looking for you. And every one of you has a very specific reason for being here on this earth for this time and in this season. And there's not anyone here who is without purpose and without destiny. So as I go through these, I want you just to take note of how this applies for you. I hope it encourages you and helps you to fulfill the ministry that God has placed on the inside of you. So first of all, the marks of pioneering and apostolic roots is number one is that the roots are love. It is something that, like I said, we didn't start our church because we thought we could do it better because <laughs> we didn't know squat diddly about leading a church. So we certainly didn't think we could do it better. And I watch and I see that there are uh, businesses, ventures, churches, certainly, um, you name it, pretty much in any uh, realm, that when something is started because somebody thinks they can do it better, genuinely what that is birthed out of is pride, out of frustration or competition. And I remember when we started uh, the church, we were in Fort Collins meeting at a hotel on the north end of town that uh, a gentleman called and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to start a church, but uh, I, I need to call and, and ask you first. And Darren said, dude, I don't care if you start the church across the street. If you want to meet in the meeting room down the hall, do it. Do what God's told you to do. We're just not in competition with anybody. But when you start something because you think you can do it better, oftentimes it's birthed out of seeking recognition and searching for identity. That's what happens when we're doing something better. However, when you birth something, it is a visible manifestation of love and time. When a child is born, it is the manifestation of love and time. And it is a picture. It is a something that is tangible that has been birthed and brought into this earth. When something is birthed, it is a launching pad for creating, imparting, and releasing identity. That's the difference. At this church, we were birthed out of love. There's no strife in our roots. There's no division in our roots. There's no competition in our roots. And that is your inheritance. We've never been that way, never will be that way. If somebody wants to start a church right down the street, go for it. If that's what God told you to do, do it. We're not here to compete with anybody. We're just here to do what God told us to do. For you, for us as a community, let that be the foundation of what you pioneer. Whatever you do and whatever you put your hands to, let love be the root of it. Love never fails. If what you do is birthed out of love, it cannot fail. Amen? Number two is a pioneering or apostolic community has a unique dependence on the Holy Spirit. And the, well, what I, I'll just say this, the strategies and the plans must be yielded to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that's characterized by vulnerability, trust, change, and humility. 
When you are pioneering something, when you're apostling something that you've never been there before, we are continually coming into situations and circumstances where we say, wow, never, never encountered that before. (laughs) And when you're pioneering, that's where you're constantly going to find yourself. And when you're pioneering, whether that be uh, you're doing a new business venture, whether that be you're stepping into a partnership, or whether that be you're writing uh, new music or art, whatever it is, you're always going to find yourself taking it on the nose because nobody's ever been there before. And because nobody's been there before, you've never done that before, we've never experienced this before, there is a unique dependence upon the Holy Spirit because you don't know what you're doing. You study, you read, you do everything you can. Darren spent so much time studying leadership books and searching out different uh, uh, models and uh, different, you know, different leadership theologies and things. And I'm so thankful that he did. And he got all of this learning and read all of this stuff and studied and studied. And it came right down to it. And he said, the bottom line is we just have to trust Holy Spirit. It was all good. It is all good. The studying, get wisdom, get understanding, but studying, you still have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit because he's got the plan. And we might think that we know the way, but we're constantly putting it in front of God always. Okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? When we think maybe we're supposed to do this, Lord, what do you want us to do? God, where are you leading us? So that is a mark of an apostolic pioneering community. So I just say, stay dependent on the Holy Spirit. Always be a student. Whatever area you're in, whatever your venture is, always be a student. Never think you know everything. I've learned that. (laughs) Number three is it's been settled. When we uh, started, Glenn gave us a tape that was called Settle It With God. And anybody that came to him that wanted to step out and do something, he would give them a copy of that tape. And it was a message by Kenneth Copeland. And it was called Settle It With God. And the point of that is that you have to commit to the long haul because it's going to get hard. Those of you that are business owners, those of you who have started something, there's a point when it gets hard right? There's a point where you think, man, I don't know if I made the right decision or not. And if you don't know that, you know, that, you know, that you heard from God on stepping out and doing what it is that you're doing when it gets hard, you're going to quit. And when you quit, no matter what realm you're in, when you step out and you put yourself out there and then you quit, All you do is muddy up the water for every person that comes behind you that wants to step in and venture into doing what God has called them to do. But because somebody else stepped in there and then quit, you leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth for the next person coming along behind. So you have to settle it. Whatever you're doing, this applies to marriage. This applies to parenting. This applies to owning a business. There are people who are counting on you and God does not put you in a position to quit. That's why it is so important that you are hearing from God. 
Because when it gets hard, if you did something because Aunt Juju told you to do this, you're going to wonder, well, did Aunt Juju even know what she was talking about? Because this is hard. So you got to know that you heard from God. So settle it. Number four in a pioneering apostolic community is to learn to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Because where you're going and what you're doing, there may be nobody else there that is doing what you're doing to strengthen you, to tell you how to do it. You have to learn to strengthen yourself in the Lord, just the way that David did. David strengthened himself in the Lord. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and there are going to be days and there's going to be moments when it just, can I, it sucks. And there is nobody there to pat you on the back. Last year, our spiritual mother went home to be with the Lord. So our father and our mother are home. And I remember when we got the phone call that Glenn was in the hospital and he was not doing well. His daughter Kay called and said, can you come? Darren threw everything in the car and took off to Texas. But before he left, we sat down and he sat down in the chair and we both just cried. And he said, I don't know if I'm ready to not have my dad. Because who's going to tell us, keep going, kid. I don't know what to tell you, but just keep going. (laughs) There's times when you're not going to have that person there. That you're going to be by yourself. And if you don't know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord, that's when the enemy comes in and just runs over you with every lie from the pit of hell. And that's where you got to go back to, I settled this and I'm not quitting. So I will strengthen myself in the Lord. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You stir up the Holy Spirit in you. When we're here and worship together, it's a great time to practice that because it's easy to do it in this atmosphere. So that if you can do it in this atmosphere, you can do it when you're driving down the road and you just got a phone call that was not the phone call that you were hoping for. When you do it here, you can do it when you're by yourself too. We learn to do that together. So learn to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And the last one, number five. This I think is the most important for you. And this would be, this would be my mom heart for everyone that calls this your family. Is to never limit what God can do through you. Never limit the potential that is on the inside of you. Pioneering isn't second nature. It's our first nature. It is the nature that was put on the inside of us when we were created in the image and the likeness of God. That the very creative power of the creator lives and breathes on the inside of you. And if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you, what can you not do? What can you not do? You have more power on the inside of you than you realize. Don't limit what God can do through you. No excuses. No, well, I have this in my past. I don't have this education. I haven't reached this age. There was everything that you can think of as to why Darren and I should not do this. 
Trust me, I was coming up with all of them. We didn't have the resources. We didn't have the education. We were too young. We didn't have the connections. We didn't have everything that was needed. We didn't have the backing. Nobody knew who we were. We were just this little couple driving in a blue truck with our dogs, with everything we own in Rubbermaid containers. Who are we? But here's the thing. God is not looking. This, this may sound cliche, but it's so true. God doesn't care about your education what you have and what you don't have. God doesn't care about how much you have in your bank account. He doesn't care about how many mess ups you have in your past or how squeaky clean you are. God's just looking for your yes. He's just looking for people who are naive and trusting enough to say, God, I'll go. I'm telling you right now, we had no clue what we were in for. And I'm glad. We were so naive. And we still are. It was just just a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, wow, I really missed that. I missed that big time. And Darren said, I think our job is to have hope for people, though. He said, I'm not sad that we missed that because I would rather err on the side of having hope for someone. Every time. Every time. Never limit what God can do through you. God doesn't create someone and then put his dream on the inside of them. Put his purpose in them. God has a purpose and a dream, and then he wraps a human being around it and releases them into the earth. You are here for a designed purpose in a very strategic time for a strategic purpose right now. You were not born on accident. You were not born too early. You were not born too late. You weren't born to the wrong family. You weren't born in the wrong circumstances because God had a dream And then wrapped you around it and released you here with his breath into this earth. You don't believe me? (laughs) Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says this. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God wrapped you around the image of his son and perfectly released you at his time. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. That's you. And you might think, well, I I don't know if I'm too old. I don't know if I've got too much stuff that's happened in my past. I don't know if, you know, blah, 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 whatever you want to come up with. The fact of the matter is, is that God takes all things and turns them to the good. And we forget this part to those who are the called according to his purpose. How many of you are the called according to God's purpose? Both hands, everybody in here, both hands. We are the called according to his purpose. And you have the dream of God on the inside of you. Before you took your first breath, 
God's dream was in you. That's why you're here, is to release his dream into the earthly realm. We're all pioneering something, all of us. Whether you're a mom, whether you're a married couple, whether you're a business owner, whatever it is, I want to just, I want you to know the people that you sit among. The lady, I don't know if she's here today. I don't see her right now. The lady who you have seen up here that uh, does, waves the flags during worship. We've never had that before. She came to worship night. She would stand in the back. And her name, her name is Debbie. She's a beautiful soul. Every color means something. And it's for a purpose. And she brings the color that God tells her to bring that day. And it's for a reason. And you ask her about it. Ask her about the color. She makes her own flags. We've never had a flag waver in this church before, ever. Debbie's pioneering worship right up here. It's amazing. Tommy and Ashley, where are they sitting? Tommy and Ashley want to start a food pantry. She sent me a couple of emails. They're wanting to do that. We've never had a food pantry here before. I think it's a great idea. They're pioneering it. Our worship team, they write their own music. Do you guys know that? I always want them to say, we wrote this because I'm so proud of them. But they don't. They're humble. And I want them to say, it. hey, y'all, we wrote this song because it's so cool. And Darren, I love his words. He says, we need to know that because it has the first anointing on it. We're not singing somebody else's song. We're singing the first anointing that our worship team has released into this auditorium. I love that. The Wegleys created and wrote our discipleship program that we do here called Rooted. Some of, how many of you are in Rooted right now going through the discipleship class? Yeah, they wrote that. They came up with that. We're not using somebody else's discipleship. Birth right here. Done birthed it here. Outside the church walls, Candace in her photography. Candace, have you guys ever heard the term equine fluencer before? Apparently Candace is one. I don't even know if that word existed before Candace. Her and her photography are doing amazing things. Donya and her photography doing amazing things. Amazing. Becky Lordson is a therapist, owns her own company. She is changing the face of the way that we view therapy and counselors and taking care of yourself. She is a forerunner in her industry. Joyce Shong is a prophetic painter. She does beautiful art. Josh Koshell invented the rowel that is the spur rowel that had been sanctioned and approved by the PBR. Who knew? There's new business ideas and new educational programs sitting in this room right now that are being talked about that I'm not going to. I don't know that I'm supposed to say anything about it, so I'm not going to, but it's happening. There's stuff that is happening and waiting to be birthed in this room right now. How exciting is that? These are the people that we get to call family. These are the people that we go to church with. Do you know why? Because when God sent us here, he sent us for a people who didn't fit in the box. All of you. You're all of those kids that sat in kindergarten with your crayons and you either ate them (laughs) or you refused to color in the lines. You wanted to do your own thing. You were the ones who were always, I just cannot get them to follow directions. 
It was you. Why? Because God has put a creativity and a way of thinking outside of the box on the inside of you. So it's no wonder that we are a home for entrepreneurs, for creators, for artisans, for people who are forerunners in their industry, whatever your industry is. And we love it. We love that you are people that don't want to color in the lines. You are the best kind of people to build a church family with. You're also the most challenging. <laughs> because you're always coming up with new things. And it's wonderful to hear how God dreams through you. Now I will say this. Because God gives you a idea doesn't mean that it's Darren's and mine's responsibility to do it. <laughs> We've had several of those meetings. We celebrate the idea that God has given to you and we want to support you. We want to help. We want to be here for you to bounce ideas. Or if we can tell you, hey, we did this and it didn't work, then learn from what we did that didn't work out so well. We learn a lot that way, don't we? Anyway, I wanted to read. This is... Our spiritual father, Glenn Smith. Rhett, if you want to go ahead and come up. Glenn Smith, he wrote the book, Apostle Cowboy Style. And in the very beginning of his book, it's after he's had the dream. And he says this, he says, I went out behind our garage that same day and accepted God's call. I prayed dubiously. That was a super big word. I don't think he ever used a word like that normally. I prayed dubiously. Lord, if I am to minister to those rodeo cowboys, I have no idea how we're going to do this. You know that up to this point, they've been a gospel-hardened bunch. To the best of my knowledge, there has never been a preacher who has gone to them. But Lord, I am willing. God gave me a peace that he would take care of it and go before me. I began to search the scriptures more and more each day. I didn't forget the God, the call God had put on me, but I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know where to start. I didn't have any idea what to do. I only knew that the concern of my heart was to go to those cowboys and somehow to release them to the person or to introduce them to the person and love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're sitting here today and you're like, I got something in me, but I don't know how. I don't even know where to start. Welcome to the club. <laughs> you're in a great spot. Because number one, you can make sure that what you're doing is birthed out of love. Do it out of passion. You can settle it with God and be so dependent on the Holy Spirit. And you can be the apostolos the admiral with the fleet of ships that brings everything with them to create something new. You can be the apostolos passport, the one that travels into the heavenly realm and, and brings heavenly wisdom, heavenly breakthrough, heavenly knowledge and solutions to problems into whatever realm it is that God has sent you into. And you can be the apostolos, the ambassador, bringing the kingdom of heaven 
that whatever you declare, whatever you speak carries the weight and the power of the one who sent you, our Father God. So here's what I felt like I was supposed to do. I felt like I was supposed to make a declaration of freedom over you this morning. But I felt like I was supposed to have our apostle come and to do that this morning. And as he comes, I want to read this over you. This is what the Bible says about you. I'm emotional this morning, sorry. (laughs) But I just, I look in this room. I see nothing but potential. I remember somebody said to me one time, they were really frustrated with somebody else, and they said, do you think they're ever going to get it? And I said, I have to have hope that they do, because that's my job. It's like, I always have hope for people. So wherever you're at in your life, Here's what God says about you in your realm that God has released you into or is releasing you into. And as I get ready to release this over you, if you are that business owner, you have a dream of owning a business, you, you're sitting there in your chair right now and you're like, I don't know what I'm to pioneer, but I want to pioneer something with God. I just have a big yes for him. Then I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. And if you feel like, you know what? I need to break a barrier. There's been a, there's been a wall in my creativity, in my business, in my finances, in my knowledge, what my next step is. I am saying this morning, what I saw was that there is a wall right there and that God said, if you come, you would break the wall, that there would be a break, a literal breakthrough for you. I don't know. I'm just telling you, this is what God showed me. So if there's somewhere, somehow that you're needing a breakthrough, all he was saying is if you would just come forward, just step past that barrier and break the barrier. There's your forerunner right there. She broke the barrier for you. So anybody else that wants to come can follow her. So I'm going to read this scripture over you and then we're going to pray. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16 says this, and this is over you. I declare this over the N3C family, this apostolic community. That Your word says this to us, God. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great gratitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, just an outpour of Your love right now. You guys just receive, receive His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your word, I release 
the fullness of God to be released on the inside of every one of your holy believers, every one of your pioneers, every one of your apostolic culture carrying children. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Father, in Jesus' name, we release your word. We take your word and we say that we stand on the fullness of your word and God release that in us through your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus name. Thank you, Father. If there's anyone in here that has not asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, just ask him right now. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And fill me right now with your Holy Spirit to overflowing that I am filled with the fullness of God. What does that mean? It means that everything that fills God fills you. Breathe that in right now. Breathe that in, in Jesus' name. Can you speak a word over us, whatever it God's written in your heart? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Man, I tell you what, it's thick in here. It's a, it's a birthing. It's a birthing. Father, I thank you for these that have stepped out. I thank you for these that have stood up. God, I thank you for every person in here that they wouldn't see themselves as they see themselves, as they dialogue with themselves, that God, they would see themselves as you see them and that they would speak your dialogue over them, that they were called here because you had a dream in them and you wrapped flesh around that. That's who they are. Father, I thank you, God, for the apostles. I thank you for the prophets. I thank you for the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers that are standing here today. I thank you, God, for them not to not to feel that they have to keep it here, but they need to take it out. So, Father, as they have broken walls in here, that when they step into that parking lot, when they drive out of this parking lot today, that they break walls there and that they begin to operate in what you've called them to do without limitation. Without limitation. Hey! Yes. Yes. Thank you. God, thank you so much. Hey! Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. In Jesus' name. never asked when you ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you you have the Holy Spirit but if you've never said Holy Spirit have me fill me up to overflowing 
And the scripture says that when you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that you will be filled with power to go and do what he has called you to do. And if you've never said, Holy Spirit, have me, and you want to do that right now, put both hands up in the air. You're going to have to be bold about it. Put both hands up in the air and say, Holy Spirit, have me. Holy Spirit, have me. And say this, say, fill me up to overflowing, Holy Spirit. Fill me up to overflowing. Put one hand on your belly right here. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm stirring up the gift that's on the inside of me right now. Flow through me and come out of me, God. Flow through me and come out of me, God, however you see fit. And trust him. Trust him. Release the Holy Spirit. Release the Holy Spirit. If you desire part of your gift, part of what is given to you when you receive the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is that you are given the ability to pray with the tongues of angels. It is to pray the wisdom, the understanding, the insight, and the perspective that God has from his throne. That's what you're doing when you pray in your heavenly prayer language, praying in tongues. When you don't know how to pray, When you're in that situation, when you're taking it on the nose, you've never been there before, man, praying in the spirit is the best thing that you can do. So if you don't do that yet and you desire to do that, everybody in here who does have that, God wants you to have it. Man, because the other thing is the enemy doesn't understand it. He cannot intercept that communication. So if you have that, if you've been prayed and received that, I want you to release that. Release that sound in this room right now so that those who have not can hear that heavenly sound. If you have not had that released on the inside of you and you desire that, put your hands up right now just like this. Thank you, Father. If you have received your heavenly prayer language and there was somebody standing next to you with their hands up, I want you to look at them. Don't touch them yet. But I want you to get your eye on them. Get your get your Holy Spirit focus in on them because they're about to get blasted. Right? Okay. There's a hand. There's a hand right back there. We need somebody to go back there. All right. The minute that you ask, you receive. So we're going to ask right now. And when you ask, you receive it with no, God doesn't withhold anything from you. So right now, with your hands raised up, say, Father, I have your Holy Spirit in me. And I am filled to overflowing with your love. Fill me, Father. I thank you that you are good. And now I release the heavenly prayer language that you have given to me to declare your wisdom and your love. And now listen. Now those of you that are standing with someone that has their hands raised, you begin to pray your Holy Spirit prayer language and let them hear that and go ahead and place your hand on them. And those of you that are receiving prayer right now, listen on the inside of you. Listen to what you're hearing with your ears, but you're going to hear your prayer language on the inside. A little boy I prayed with one time, he says, Pastor, there's somebody speaking German on the inside of me. <laughs> but I don't speak German. <laughs> I said, that's the Holy Spirit. That's your prayer language. So listen. And now 
on the count of three, you're going to release your prayer language and it's going to come out. If I say this, it's going to happen. But you're going to have to partner with what Holy Spirit is doing. So that means you're going to open your mouth and you're going to let it come out. So on the count of three, one is stirring in your belly. Holy Spirit fire, stir in their belly right now in name of Jesus. Two, it's bubbling up into your chest. The fire of God is filling your chest. Three, release in Jesus' name. Just open your mouth and begin to release your heavenly prayer language. Those of you that are praying with them, when it begins to be released, you raise your hand and just wave at me to let me know that that's happening. Yes, right here. Yeah. Where else? Keep praying. Those of you who do pray in your language, just stretch your hands out and release your faith and agreement. There it is over there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. You are so good. God's really doing a work right there. Thank you, Father. If you need to go, please be released to do so, but let's keep it very, very quiet and respect the presence that's in the room. So be very discreet as you're moving. Thank you, Father. If you want to go and get your kids and bring them in here, bring them into this room, do that. Thank you, Father. And I know that Darren has something that he needs to announce. Before before the men leave, y'all pay attention real quick. Stay hey. praying with those of you that are praying. Hey, gentlemen, we have a need in the church to connect all of our men together and and to get back into a place where we have a men's group, a, a, a group of men that are lifting one another up. So we're looking to get into that uh, new men's group that's going to that's gonna start. Travis Conklin has it on his heart to lead you men and, uh, and obtain leaders within those men. So if you're one that has been looking forward to a men's group, you've been asking, maybe you've been praying about it or whatever, today we're calling out you. And we're saying if you have a, a want and a need, Hey, Travis, don't leave yet. Stay right there. If you if you have a want and a need for having a community of men come together, I want you to, to go and find Travis Conklin. He's right here, but he's going to be in that, uh, at the events desk inside the bookstore, hospitality room. So when we dismiss, if you're a, if you're a dude and you're looking for more dudes to, to dude with, you know, then go find the dude, Travis Conklin. And talk to him. He's got, he wants to give you a little bit of information and get your name and all that good stuff. So if you're wanting a men's group, wanting to be a part, go find Travis. Okay, now you can go.